Recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. He's the best, while the rest of you are so so like a seamstress. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less weak. We got, we got a ton of fun stuff. We are going to start off. I'm going to go. I got a meeting set up with Iceberg. We're going to get a bit of a debrief. There's going to be some movie talk. Whole big middle section with a bunch of house cleaning. And then uh, we're going to end it up with the Toys R Us report. It's going to be a great time. I know it. Just sit back, have fun. Let's get moving. This is the Toys R Us report. And we'll make you famous. Take and go to the earth while still kicking in Uranus. Hey kids, this is me, IC Robots, and to and to set the scene, this is earlier in the day. We have yet to uh, get together for the official recording of the show. I'm just meeting up with Iceberg over in the Snack Shack. That's our that's our cafeteria type area where people up here uh, kind of congregate. We're gonna meet up over there. He's agreed to uh, talk to us for a few minutes before the show starts about what happened uh, during the big lightning strike rescue op. Let's. Let's head on over there and see if see if the dude's over. He he sometimes doesn't show up on time, but I I got high hopes. I am now in the snack shack, and what do you know, Iceberg's here waiting. He he has a table near the uh, window. Let's let's walk on over there and give him a big bow wow. Iceberg, I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you're on time. Do you mind if, do you mind if I take a seat? Do what you feel, homie. You said to meet you here. I figure that you'll be sitting right. I guess so. I planned on sitting. Let's uh, let's get started. So, Iceberg, how long have you known Engineer Emily? It seems like you guys go a long while back. For like 100 years or so. Like 100 years? For real? That's a super long time. Me and Emily have been friends for longer than you have been anything. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I sometimes don't think you understand what a robot life is like. Nor could you. Nor would I want to. Now I'm just kidding, man. You're all right. Iceberg, tell me what happened after you beamed over to the Corinthian Army prison ship. Well, I was maybe 20 feet from her cell. Good job there, by the way. I did my best, dude. I don't beam people over. That's not my designation. I scrub vents, dude. Obviously. So... I was 20 feet away and the guards... How many guards? There were four of them. They saw me immediately and bum-rushed me right at the jump street. Okay, so then what did you do? What did I do? I did what you told me to do. I swung my arms around and ran at them. Yo, you went on the attack? What happened? What happened? I turned them into Albanian salad. That is what happened. Albanian salad? What's that? It is an earth dish. It is made with cucumbers and tomatoes. 
I saw it once when I was out with my main man J5. That is what they looked like after I struck them. Yikes, dude. That is super gross. So then, so after you turned them all into Albanian salad, you you got into her cell and then then I beamed you over back to uh, the Callisto flyer. What is that? That's our ship, dude. The ship we escaped on. Is that what you are calling that piece of trash? Is that some kind of Star Wars thing or is that from Star Trek? I don't know, dude. Why are you making fun? I bet it is Star Trek. I don't know. Maybe. Just just continue the story. You made it back to the Callisto Flyer. So we made it back to your garbage barge and we made it back to here. Got it. You made it back. So what, what did they look like? What did they look like? They had armor on. Okay, they were wearing armor. What did the armor look like? What did it look like? Am I supposed to reference a movie here or something? Man, it was real. I didn't get a lot of time to look at it. Okay, I understand. But what color was it? What did the people look like? It was black and their skin was dark blue. Their guts and such were white. They had white guts? That is so gross. Iceberg, I'm sorry that you had to go through this. I wish none of this ever happened. I know I know how you feel, man. I, I had to blast that ship. It's hard to it's hard to have that weight on your soul. And I, I understand. It's not that. I don't care about that. Emily has told me lots about these people. They scare her and she is even braver than me. She's even braver than you? Yes. Much braver. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be fooling around, but this is this is hard to hard to talk about. It's just you know she is she is incredibly brave. I don't think you get it, man. Nothing scares her. Nothing, not one thing, except for having to go back to them. She'd rather die, from what she's told me. She'd rather we all die, than have them find us. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? How do you feel, Chip? I'm so happy. Don't you figure out your next fight? How much time until I fight again? I can't say with any certainty you're going to walk again. Where are you going? Come here. I can't do this. I'm gonna fight again. What are you trying to prove, man? This is what I do. I'm not done yet. Show me how you live. Show me how you fight. Show me who you are. Bleed for this. Rated R. I just got back. I just got back from the theater right now. I went to see Bleed for This, which only had like a one-week run at the big mainstream theater downtown before getting relegated to UA6, the $3 theater. UA6 is my old stomping grounds. I worked there many, many moons ago, and I'm always happy to go back, but I do I do get sad to see the once great United Artist Cinema 6 relegated to being a rundown $3 theater, but still, it's always nice to go back, so... When I get the chance, I do, and I wanted to see... I wanted to see Bleed for this when it first came out, but... It just kind of kind of slipped under the under the radar just kind of went right past me and 
I missed it. So, I had the chance to go. I had to go by myself, but I did have the chance to go. So, I went today, headed over to uh, good old UA6, and every time I go there, something weird happens, and this time, this time was no different. I've seen people run up and down the aisle waving their cane around. I've seen people throwing popcorn at, you know, just, it's just weird. It's full of weirdos and homeless people a lot of the time, but I went early in the, in the afternoon, so I think I may have actually been like, I know I was the only person in my, uh, screening, and I, I feel like I might have been the only person in the whole theater. I didn't run across anybody the entire time that I was there, but that's always, always fine. So, when I go, you know, up to the, uh, the booth to get my ticket in, there's a sign that says, the heating in bleed for this is out of operations, and the AC is on a timer, and I guess I took that to mean that it's on, and it's not going to turn off, and that it's going to be super cold, so I asked the dude, I go, hey, I was going to go see this, is is it super cold, and he goes, it's pretty cold, it's colder than outside, and it, it's winter, and it's California cold, it's, you know, in the, in the 50s, and, you know, it's a bit nippy, it's not, you know, cold by, uh, any, any standards of, you know, the Midwest or the, uh, chillier regions, but, you know, you want to wear a coat, and I'm like, it's colder than it is out here, he goes, yeah, it's pretty cold, and I go, you know, that, that'll be fine, it's not that bad, and I had a sweatshirt on, so, you know, I'm not really sweating at all that bad, but when I get in there, it was, uh, it was so cold, you, you could see your breath, seriously, like, I'm sitting there watching the movie, and you can see, you know, my breath just, like, puff, puff, every time it was, uh, Pretty darn frosty, which was weird, but I enjoyed this movie a lot. I really liked Bleed for this. This is the story of 80s boxer Vinny Pazienza, the Pasmanian devil, the Pazman, Vinny Pazienza, who is a dude that he has a very interesting story, but I never saw the day when there would be a Vinny Pazienza movie, and I'm very happy that there is one. I I am a big well, I was. I was a big boxing fan. Like, back in the 80s, like, when Mike Tyson was in, in you know, his heyday, and there was, like, Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran and all these really uh, captivating fighters. I was into boxing, like, a ton. I read Ring Magazine. I would tape fights and watch them. I read books about boxing. I was into it, and the Pasmanian Devil was one of the dudes who was... He was in the picture big time when I was way into the sport. So it was cool to go see uh, a movie that was actually about him. The movie stars Miles Teller as uh, Vinny Pazienza. And I, I will say I do like Miles Teller. I am a Miles Teller fan. He doesn't seem like somebody that I would enjoy spending time with. He seems very arrogant. But he carries that arrogance into his performances. And for somebody... You know, like, uh, Vinny Pazienza, he's perfect. This guy, you know, when he was, uh, boxing, he was just, like, an over-the-top character, a... He is an Italian guy from Rhode Island, and he's just... He has a loud mouth, he's over-the-top, he was wild and crazy. Boxers tend to be kind of like one of two characters. Either the guy is a very dedicated athlete who's, you know, like, clean-cut to the core, or... There's the dude who is the super dedicated athlete, but is like a wild maniac, like an adrenaline junkie, and that's why why they box, you know, to get you know to get the ultimate thrill. 
and they're always out there, you know, outside the ring, also trying to find that thrill. And he was one of those dudes. He he was, you know, he was taking it up to 10 at all times, which is one of the themes of the movie. We'll get into that in a bit because I want to talk about some of the some of the people in it. You also have Aaron Eckhart as Kevin Rooney. You might know Kevin Rooney as uh, Mike Tyson's trainer in the early days of Iron Mike's career. He's the one with uh, Customato. He's the bald-headed fella. You know, he's like bald in the middle, but he has, you know, hair on the sides. He's that guy. He is his trainer. And then, I do not know the fellow's name. He is in Game of Thrones. Ken Hines. He is... Mance Raider. The leader of the Wildlings. He's the king of the... No, he's the the king behind the wall. The king beyond the wall. Is that what they call him? He's the the leader of the wildlings. When they they get over there, he's the one that's running things. He plays uh, Vinnie Pazienza's dad. So the story is that of Vinnie makes it to the top. He he gets a title fight. Right. He he was a champ previously, and he gets another shot at being champ. And Against the odds, he wins. He wins the fight. He is the new champ. And, like, the very next day, he gets into a car accident. Uh, he, he He's a passenger, and another car swerved into his lane, head-on collision. He broke his neck. And, he you know, he came, like, super, super close to breaking his spine. And they weren't, they weren't even sure he would be able to walk again. And he decided to not get the uh, spinal fusion surgery. Instead, he got a halo put in, in into his shoulders and head. And he went home with the halo and he started working out. Like as soon as he possibly could, he started hitting the bench. He's doing curls. He's doing all kinds of stuff because he's determined that, you know, he's going to come back. And this sounds like like a cliche story, but it's not because it's, it's this is the truth. There's, you know, footage of him on the bench in the halo and he manages to come back and you know win the belt again. It's a amazing story and it's a great movie. I I enjoyed this so much. It's a lot like Straight Out of Compton, which I uh, enjoyed a lot and also enjoyed because you know I'm such a big rap fan and the movie had a million billion different 80s rap stars in it. This has like a million billion 80s boxing people in it like a uh, Someone's playing Lou Duva. There is a Roberto Duran character in it. There's a Greg Haugen. There's a Roger Whitaker. Just all these, all these people that you never would expect to see in a movie are uh, in a movie. And it's just, it's just, it's well acted. The, the scenery is great. Everybody's wearing acid washed jeans. There's a uh, videotapes and VCRs all over the place. I, I, just, I, I like this a lot. I, I'm not sure that I can recommend that you rush out to the theater and see it right now. But, you know, get this on VHS when it comes out. Get it on Laserdisc over at the video store when it comes out. And it, it's so well acted. Miles Teller is a tremendous talent. And if you, you know, if you just want to see a good movie, maybe go see this, but we're getting into Oscar season, so I don't know. I remember reading in, like, Empire Magazine, that's a movie magazine I like, that when, you know, in their first, uh, this movie was first getting ready to be shown at, um, 
you know, festivals and stuff. They were like, this is it. This is the movie that's going to get uh, Miles Teller the Oscar. But um, I don't think anybody saw it. So I'd, I'd, I don't know. So well, it is like a near Oscar worthy performance as the Tasmanian Devil. He has the mus- mustache down pat. It is, it's pretty close. It's pretty near being at that caliber. And I don't know what else there is this year that's going to be standing out. But we are starting to get into Oscar movie season. You know, you got like Manchester by the Sea with Casey Affleck coming out. There's a lot of stuff. So, we'll see. There, There's one thing that they talks about during the course of the movie that I wanted to expound on a bit. To, to set the scene, he's being interviewed in the kitchen of a casino. And the lady asks him this and that about boxing. And he, you know, he says that boxing is a dishonest game full of liars. And she asks him, what is the biggest lie that you've been told. And he goes, it's not that easy. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, that's the lie. That it's not that easy. Anytime somebody doesn't want you to get what you want or doesn't want you to do something, they'll tell you it's not that easy. But that's a lie. It is that easy. And I started to think about that. And this is a lie that we tell ourselves a lot, I think. You know, Let's say you have some kind of a goal, like you want, you know, this sort of a job or you want this sort of a thing. You'll think about it and you go, hmm, it's not that easy. You know, there's a lot of things that have to fall in place for something to happen. But I think when you say it's not that easy, what you were also telling yourself is it's difficult. And because of that, you kind of, you sort of stop yourself from taking that first step, but in this upcoming year, I want us all, you know, to take those steps. It's like if there's something you want and it might not be easy to get it, just give it a shot anyway, you know. Just kind of, you know, get started. Once you get started, a lot of times things do just sort of fall in place. It's the it's the getting started that's that's hard. So, you know, in the new year, let's all just... Let's give up that, um, it's not that easy mentality. Let's try to move forward and go for some things that we want. That, that's kind of how it worked for him. You know, he, he, he broke his neck and they're just like, bro, we don't know if you're ever even going to be able to like walk down the street. And he goes, you know, I'm going to box again. You just wait. And they're like, it's not that easy, dude. Don't, you know, it's not that easy. And he's like, I don't even care if it's easy. I'm going to do it. So he did just do it because it was just a matter of doing it. So let's all, let's all be down for that. Let's try to do it in the upcoming year. So I don't know. Let's move, uh, let's move forward in the show. Let's, uh, take that first step. KSHB TV 41 advises viewer discretion. This motion picture is rated B. It contains violent scenes, which may not be suitable for children. Ready for a nice long dose of Toys R Us report house cleaning. Some talk on a few things that have fallen through the cracks. With a whole uh, episode dedicated to the lightning strike rescue op of Engineer Emily from the hands of the Corinthian army, 
some things have fallen through the cracks. That's just uh, just the way it is. And some of these things are a bit out of date, but still, I wanted to talk about them a bit. And one of one of the first things, I'm going to try to go backwards and move my way to the present. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was the Pokemon Go event they had over Thanksgiving. When I say a Pokemon Go event, what I mean is during a period of time, I think it was like a week or so, Everything you do counts for double points. Every Pokemon you capture gets you double experience points, as well as double Stardust, I think it's called. That's what you use to increase the stats of the Pokemon you've captured, as well as, like, double eggs, double whatever. It's just like a double deal. And also, what made it fun was there has been this Pokemon that people, people, like, hack the code. They read the source code, and they try to find out what, like, uh, future updates are going to be. And they saw the name of a Pokemon known as Ditto. And this Pokemon Ditto has the ability to uh, disguise itself as other Pokemon. What it can do is, for example, let's say, you know, you see a Rattata. One of the uh, lowest of all the Pokemon. You see a Rattata, and you capture it. It could actually be a Ditto in disguise as a Rattata. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Well, I guess you would want to do it so that maybe people might just pass you by. Like, if they knew you were a rare Ditto, they would go right after you. But if they see that you are a, a, a scum of the earth, a Rattata, they will, you know, just pass you by. So anyhow, you might go to catch a Rattata. You might go to catch a Pidgey. You might go to catch whatever, and in fact, it will be a ditto, right? And people had been waiting to see when this character was going to enter the game. It had been a while since there were any new Pokemon, so people were waiting for, you know, for something else. And this is kind of an exciting one, because it's, uh, any Pokemon could be the ditto. So, they revealed over Thanksgiving, they were going to put the ditto into play. And everyone is stoked. I, I am not sure if this Pokemon was only available during this period, or if it's even available today. I have no idea. I, I I will get into this in the story. I don't know if it's a short time or a long time, but at any rate, everybody wanted the Ditto. I wanted the Ditto, and during Thanksgiving, you know, we did the family stuff. We ate and whatever, and it was still early, and we decided, hey, why don't we go to uh, the lake, Lake Ralphine. Lake Ralphine is... It's kind of part of this big Pokemon hangout area. There are a lot of Pokestops within a small vicinity, and people kind of hang out there and play Pokemon. And honestly, not everybody does Thanksgiving, so there are still going to be people there. So we uh, decided, hey, let's go, you know, let's see if we can catch us a ditto over at Lake Ralphie. And so we went down and we uh, walked around and uh, looked for Pokemon. It's also very pretty there. It's a lake with ducks and people fish and people sailboat, you know, small boats and kayak. It's a, it's a nice lake in a nice park. And it was great, you know, kind of crispy Thanksgiving day. And it was just nice to be out there. It was just Really great, and at the same time, we were catching Pokemon, getting double points, so it was a lot of fun. Now, when we were there, none of us found a Ditto, but then, while we're at the park, I posted a nice picture of the lake, and I said, out doing some Pokemon hunting, and just about immediately thereafter, the picture got uh, 
you know, a like and a response came up from uh, Ferg from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, which is, you know, always a fantastic show and it's always nice to hear from Ferg. But dude posts, I got the ditto. Did you get the ditto? And I'm like, I did not get the ditto. And that was okay at that point because we, we had just started and I uh, I battled a couple of the gyms at the park and I won which is always cool because I got I got some tough tough Pokemon now I got some some uh, real fighters you know and I was happy to get some gyms and we went home and on the way home we stopped and got some coffees and it was a lot of fun but then later that evening I was in uh, 2.0's room talking to her and the old wife goes I just got the ditto hurry out here to get it so I ran out there and 2.0 ran out there and. She uh, went for it, and she got it first try. And I tried first ball, and I failed, and then it just it disappeared. So they both got it, and Ferg got it, and I don't got it, and I'm annoyed. And then the uh, very next day, I'm on Facebook, and I see that Earl Green from uh, thelogbook.com, another awesome podcast that I enjoy. It's daily. Go check it out, thelogbook.com. He, uh, he posted that he got the ditto. And I'm like, this is great. I, I can't believe it. And then my wife posts, you know, from uh, like her place of work, I got another ditto. So she has two and I have none. And I'm out there. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying hard. I'm catching every Rattata, every Pidgey, everything. And I'm not getting it. And then it's, it's I, you know, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm like, I'm never going to play this dumb game again. I'm getting super annoyed. And we were sitting in a, we were sitting in Popeye's getting chicken, and my wife caught a rotata, and she goes, the rotata's a ditto, catch it right now, and I caught it, and now I feel very happy that I have one, and I'm just like everyone else, I'm like all the other cool kids, I got a ditto, so that's what I did for Thanksgiving, and I just, I don't know, man, I wanted to share that story, because I thought it was kind of fun, kind of, it's not the greatest story in the world, but it is, it is something, I guess, at any rate. And then the next thing that happened is not not a good thing. Um, we had, we had, I have to start saying had because it no longer exists. We had a really great grocery store in town known as G&G. It was about the same size as like a Safeway. It was a big grocery store. It was indie, independently owned, but it wasn't the kind of indie where you have to go to to be supportive, but it's not really the best. This actually was the best grocery store in town. It was better than the Safeway, better than the Albertsons, the Luckies, just better than Rainbow Foods, you name it. It had a great selection of, you know, the normal day-to-day type stuff like uh, potato chips or whatever, as well as gigantic ethnic sections. They had, you know, fantastic Mexican food, Asian food, all types of stuff. They catered to everybody. They were the kind of indie that stood on its own. You didn't feel as if you had to support the place because it was the best grocery store in town and they were always packed. Place was always just jam-packed. One of the the selling points was they had a just amazing deli. They had, you know, like, whereas Safeway will have like one rack of cut meat. They had seriously like, uh, like it was just so big, like a hundred feet down of deli meats to choose from, as well as 
a uh, great hot deli. They had Chinese food that was really yummy. I don't know how traditional it was, but it was, you know, it tasted good. And they had the greatest chicken strips in the world. I do not know what they did with these chicken strips. They had some kind of, the batter was different. They were more along the lines of like a, like a fish and chips as opposed to like the traditional fried chicken sort of, you know, American style. And they were greasy and they were great. We would go there just to get them. They were so yummy. And while there is talk that the new owners, let me get into that first. So there's this great grocery store, G&G, and they stand on their own two feet and everybody knows how you know successful they are. And there was never any thought that the place w- would shut down. And then one day... I, I go and I get the newspaper and right there on the on the front is news that Safeway has bought G&G and that at the end of the year, before the end of the year, they're going to switch over. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I it, it was like this hollow feeling inside because, you know, as of late, Joe Video has closed and the comic book box has closed and now G&G and it's just, uh, these are all gigantic losses and... What makes, you know, your community, the place you live interesting is kind of the the uh, local businesses that only you have. You know, the things that are only there for you. And G&G was one of those things. It was there. It was ours. It was distinct. And it was very high quality. And now it's going to be a Safeway. Safeway has promised they are going to keep the uh, hot deli. But who knows, man. I got... I got a couple buddies that work over there, and while they are happy that now they're going to be, you know, unionized Safeway employees, they're scared of the changes because apparently the owners were, like, very nice, very easy to work with, cool people, and they've decided to retire, so they uh, they sold the store to Safeway. I mean, what what can you do? You know, it's like it's their choice. I'm happy for them. I'm happy they're making out well, but I wish that G&G was here. I was able to go over there one last time eat some chicken strips, and this is it's a bummer. It's a bummer because the store's been around for a while. They have history here, and with the way the grocery business is now and the way that the uh, big dogs push out the small dogs, nobody's going to be able to get their foot in the door. You know, to be in the game now, your foot already has to be in there. You got to be standing in your shoes, and I don't know, man. I'm just bummed out, so... uh G&G Groceries, they reminisce over you. And the third topic we're going to talk about this week is Frida, my beloved dog of 17 years, has passed away. If you have heard... Uh, This Boring Life, episode one about dogs, you know the entire saga of Frida. But to sum it up quickly, Frida was 17 years old. She has been with us for a million different important life events. And she's survived a million other dogs. And she seemed as if she was going to live forever. I mean that, like... She's had a stroke. She kept on keeping on. She has a big tumorous lump, and she kept on keeping on. She had an injury, and she lost her eye. 
And she's just, she kept on keeping on, but nobody is immortal, as we have now learned. I wasn't sure up until this point, but now I think that I know for sure Frida has passed away. She, that morning of her doom, we woke up and she had thrown up, up a couple times. And that's not uncommon. Dogs, dogs always eat too much and they throw up. And it wasn't weird, but, you know, she she was resting all day, which isn't weird either because she didn't move too much. She moved when she had to, but she didn't move if it wasn't, you know, crucial. So it wasn't weird, but as the day went on, you know, I'd walk by and I'd check on her and I, I could tell that she was very close to the end. And by the end of the day, she, you know, I just... It was like she lost all of her hit points in one day and she just, we were laying there, you know, watching TV and she passed. And as much as I love Frida, Frida was the old wife's dog and, you know, she was heartbroken by what happened. But we also know that her life has been like forever and she has seemingly been on death's door like a million times and she's rebounded a million times. So, in a lot of ways, Frida has been living on, like, borrowed time for a while, but that doesn't mean we're any any less sad to see her go, but, uh, she's gone, sadly. Um, I, I wanted to put that out here, because if you have heard the episode, this Boring Life episode one, go back and listen to it, you'll hear her entire life, and I, I just kind of felt like I owed people to know what happened and how it turned out. So, there you go, Frida the dog... We all really miss you already, and they, they'll reminisce over you. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. So this is me, this is Icy Robots, and we are back for the final seg, final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us Report. So what we are going to start off with is a bit of a bit of a look at the upcoming broadcast schedule. Let's uh, pull the calendar up here. So this episode you are listening to right now comes out on Wednesday the 14th, and then the next Wednesday is the 21st, and that's the day you're going to get the... Uh, I see Robots Radio Christmas special. It's great. It only comes out once a year. It's an hour long, uh, it's an hour long block of cool music, cool commercials, all sorts of fun stuff. This would be perfect if you're having like a small, uh, Christmas gathering or you want to put something on in the background while you wrap presents. There's a ton of neat songs, a ton of commercials that will bring back, bring the memories of flooding back and that will that will be on the 21st, and check it out. Once we hit the 26th, I'm going to pull it down. It will only be available for that short period in between the 21st and Christmas. So get it while the getting's good. Uh, you know, we put out a Christmas special every year, and what I do is I actually have, like, two really awesome Christmas mixes that I've made over the years, and I like to... uh. I rotate them. Last year you heard one. This year you're going to hear this one. Next year you're going to hear the same one that you heard the year before. It's like, 
it's like the Charlie Brown Christmas special, sort of. Except it would be Charlie Brown Christmas specials, uh, volume one and two, and they rotate every year. And then that will more or less be it for the end of the year because we are quickly getting into Christmas. So you got the 21st right there. And then the next week, we're going to drop something fun. I'm going to, uh, going to be away from the recording studio, but don't worry, man. I'm not leaving you high and dry. We are going to drop This Boring Life episode number two. Now, This Boring Life episode two is about my years working at a laser tag arena known as Qzar. And if you're a show patron or a tight, uh, tight pal of the show, you have heard this already. Uh, this was originally conceived as a patron-only episode, but, you know... It's Christmas. It's time to give. And I want to give back to you. And I'm going to give you that thing that I created. And I kind of I kind of felt like I wanted I wanted more people to hear this. It's a good episode. It's a lot of fun. Iceberg has a new song. And I just, I wanted to make it available to more ears. So there it is. That's your uh, holiday gift. That will be coming out after the Christmas special. I thought that this boring life would be the best, uh, category for it, because it is a look at my origin story one topic at a time. This topic is QZAR, but don't worry. There is going to be some new This Boring Life content coming up. I already have episode three finished. Episode three is about bowling, my uh, my lifelong love affair with bowling, my time as a league bowler, just all sorts of fun stuff. This episode, the bowling one, it came out really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. There's a lot of good stories, and just... Uh, the reminiscing about all those years that I, I was involved with the, uh, the sport of kings. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for me to go over these, and I think that you'll, I think you'll enjoy that too, and that's gonna be coming up soon, but, uh, Christmas special, This Boring Life episode number two, and, you know, hopefully we'll have some other fun stuff in there, but we are getting toward the end of the year, and a lot of the news and that sort of thing kinda, kinda dies down. I think the only big thing coming up is Star Wars Rogue One. And I am, I am jacked for this. I think it opens the day after this comes out. I will be seeing it on Sunday. I hope to go Sunday early. I want to see it soon after it comes out, but I want to, I want to avoid the big crowds. And I think a Sunday, you know, 1130 showing will, will really like minimize the amount of people in there because it, it, looks like a good movie. It looks like a quality movie, and I want to, I really want to take it all in. I like, I like the story. I like that this is going to be the first Star Wars movie we're going to see that's not, like, a part of the Star Skywalker saga. I think it's, I think it's going to be good. It, it looks good, don't you think? Um, if I can, I will, uh, record a At The Movie special and talk about it, because I know it's not going to be a while till we're having, like, original content again, so... I'll try to get that done maybe Sunday afternoon. So keep your keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I've never done that before, but this is a big movie, so I might just come in, record like five or ten minutes about what I thought, you know, spoiler free. But you know that could be fun. I'm gonna do it. So keep your keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, you know this is this is Christmas, and it's really it's really fun to get things. We all we all like getting gifts, but Let's be honest. Let's be honest as adults. Don't we, don't we have everything that we need? I feel as if there are things that I might want a bit, but I don't really need them. There are things I'd like to have, but I don't really, 
I don't really need them. So why don't we all take this time and just kind of reflect on how how it's more important to give than to get. For for example, this year, and look, I'm not trying to put myself over at all. I'm just trying to use myself as an example of what one scrub can do when motivated. Uh, this year, for example, at uh, the old wife's work, they have this thing called the giving tree. And people come in who, you know, who who need things, who actually need things. And they fill out their needs on an ornament. And then you can go and take ornaments off the tree and, and you know, buy things for, for people. So we grabbed a handful. And so far, I bought a doctor, a Dr. Barbie, for a girl. Some guy wanted Simpsons DVDs, and I got him season three and four. I think that's when the show is peaking. And he wanted some sandals. We're going to go over to Walmart and get him some sandals. Here, Here's the tough one. We got a... a uh, ornament from a homeless guy who he wanted a sleeping bag and to me this was this is a big responsibility because I want to get him a good one it's like what if this is what the guy relies on every day to keep him you know warm at night and I want to I want to get him the right one I want to make sure that he gets one that he can really uh rely on I don't know I don't know what I'm going to do in that regards. I'm not a uh, outdoor gear expert and I don't want to I don't want to come incorrect. You know, I want to do this right. I want to give him something that that he will uh be able to, you know, protect him from the elements. Also, color is an issue. I've been, you know, I've been checking online trying to find uh what are good sleeping bags and such and I see a lot of them are, they're neon colored, they're orange or like bright blue, and I just, I don't think that's the right way to go, but the better sleeping bags seem to be in that color scheme, but I don't want to give this guy some big bright orange sleeping bag that will, you know, draw the attention of the authorities. It's, this is tough. I want, I want to be correct with this, and look, I'm not trying to put myself over with any of this. I just, I want to show you guys that... If I can do it, you can do it too. There has to be something around your area like the Giving Tree. There's Toys for Tots or the Marines Collect Toys. There's any number of things, please. I am asking you with all sincerity, go and give something. There are a lot of people out there who are are in a great deal of need. And just imagine the joy you feel for Christmas if you knew that for Christmas you wouldn't you wouldn't be getting anything. The The joy would be just, you know, a monumental sorrow. And you can, you can affect that. You can go and you can do something and you can affect these people's sorrow. And I, I implore you, please, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do anything that I, I suggest at all this year, just go do a giving tree, do a Toys for Tots, do a Marine toy drive. Heck, do a Hells Angels toy drive. Do anything. Just find something out there that you want to give to and give to it and uh and that's about it guys and before we go for the year I just I want to you know I want to thank everybody for being so supportive I get you know you guys share my episodes you retweet my tweets you help out in any any numbers of ways and I I appreciate it I don't want to I don't want to start naming off people individually because I'm afraid that I'll leave somebody out but if you've ever retweeted one of my tweets, if you've ever helped me in any way, if you've ever shared an episode, if you've ever just told somebody else about the show, I I appreciate that so much, man. This has been a great year. The show's growing. Everything has been going good. And it's all, you know, it's all because of you guys. It's all because you're letting me into your ears 
30 to 45 minutes a week, and that's just, that's too much, too much for me to accept, but, uh, happy Christmas, Merry New Year, all that good stuff, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off, if you don't know, I know. has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.